kind of business reason and also my internal reason. So business reason, just looking at market opportunity, there's a ton of decent and even good resources that are going after people who are getting started, like the biz out market. There's just a lot. So that just seemed more of like a red ocean to me. Um, and then a lot, a big part of that was really mindset work, like believing in themselves. And it was a lot of mindset, less tactics. Hello and welcome to The Modern Consultant. I'm your host, Mark Aarons, and on today's episode, I have the pleasure of hosting Gamal Kotner. Gamal is a serial entrepreneur who, among many other endeavors, has grown an e-commerce brand to seven figures, then sold it, and now shows other entrepreneurs how to turn their lifestyle businesses into desirable businesses that people want to buy. Uh, he has personally raised over $10 million in revenue and has also had nine successful business transactions totaling over $50 million. He's also an official Shopify and Amazon verified coach, and his consulting practice has helped over 20,000 uh, founders generate over $96 million in annual trackable revenue. And full disclosure, He's one of my past clients, and I had the pleasure of being able to help him develop the curriculum, which then powered his program, his mastermind, and a number of other offers. And in today's episode, we catch up and find out what's happened uh, since we've worked together and how things are going and where he's taking things next. There's so much for us to talk about here, business models, and lots to learn, especially for consultants who are interested in other business models as well, and thinking about how they can implement uh, what's working in other industries in their own. So with that, let's go ahead and get into it. Gamal, I just want to welcome you back because uh, we have done, it's been a little while since we've gotten to do one of these. Uh, it's always fun. And what is going to make today's episode special is very often people, when they're in this world, they, they don't often do check-ins, you know, to see how things have progressed with whoever they worked with, you know, a long time ago or so. Uh, to just see where they are now, you know, and very often some people that go out of business and all that sort of stuff. And so I think it's going to be a really cool update on everything that has happened uh, since some people will have already heard about you and some people listening to this will also maybe know you through Danielle, um, who we have another podcast uh, episode like coming out with uh, as well. But for those who don't know who you are, if you had to briefly describe who it is you are and what you do what would you tell them guys living under a rock how could you not know of me right I come agree. on guys mm -hmm. um no but um you may not know me for very good reasons i i like living offline as much as possible um but i'm just a regular kid from jamaica whose parents came over here and at an early age, uh, kind of shaped me to be an entrepreneur. And I've been an entrepreneur now for over a decade, supporting e-commerce founders in their journey to build brands that they could eventually sell to build generational wealth, because that is the thing that we did. We built our brand up and sold it. And because of the growth we've gotten there, been one of the few official, one of 90 official partners of Shopify, who has been kind of, they stamped us to be able to coach 
founders worldwide, and recently gave the keynote to Amazon's uh, e-commerce accelerator, all about the things that we've learned in our business. And so I am here today to spread the word about the benefits of building wealth uh, in a fun way through this kind of new era e-commerce model that we've stumbled upon, my wife and I, and my brother and I stumbled upon while we're building our brand. That is excellent. And I remember when you did the keynote, I saw the videos and stuff, and I think it was like about 4,000 uh, people uh, or so, like in the audience, like it's, uh, you know, much respect uh, on reaching and helping more people to do more of what it is that you've done, you know, and something that people might not know is that I believe, what is it? Six times over serial entrepreneur. Is that right? Yep. And that sounds like a bragging statement, but um, many of those didn't work out too well, but um, it allowed me to start from experience the next time. And so um, four of them were positive cash flow flowing, positive cash flow businesses. Um, two of them gone on to do seven figures. The other two were just six. But yeah, some great experiences building multiple brands, having multiple perspectives about business, and really just figuring out what the fundamentals are across, you know, tech startup, raise money on Silicon Valley, business services, raise over about $15 million, e-commerce brand, um, grew that to seven figures, and now coaching and consulting and prior also marketing agency. That was positive cash flow business too. So all these experiences um, are just really serving me well in my own business and also as a coach because I have a perspective from a lot of different ways. I really like that uh, because I am a fan of learning from business models that are not my own. And the fact that you have been able to see this many different models, e-commerce, service, you know, and uh, just just so many, um, I think it then just allows you to, again, advise people uh, that much better. And it's also a testimony to the quality of the material that you and I had originally like put together uh, for you know, exit blueprint. And I remember one of your testimonials where, you know, folks were telling you that your stuff was better than fortune 500 trainings, you know, and then I remember a more recent uh, testimonial as well, where, you know, I think you had like CPAs, you know, saying that they were learning stuff that they didn't learn in business school, you know, what has been most surprising for you in getting your expertise out there to the world and getting the reception that you have from everyone? Yeah, I think that has been the biggest aha moment. Um, hearing people who I thought should have had it figured out and not in a judgmental way, like looking down on them, but I just kind of assumed, oh, you go to business school, you're a CPA, you know this, or you're working for Fortune 500 billion dollar company, you know this. But that's not true. And so I thought well, a lot of the work that was we did together now that I'm recognizing is that when I see things are like going from point A to point B, there are all these other random experiences I learned from raising private equity, building a tech startup, that my brain is just calculating real quickly to go into the decision. But it's really probably A to M or A to Z for a lot of other folks based on you know, our different perspective and our, our business experiences. And so for me, it's been, there's a book, um, Think Fast and Slow. Um, I've been having to slow down my brain and to say, huh, mm -hmm. 
this isn't really step A to B. This is really all these other steps. And I can no longer make an assumption that other people with similar experiences know this too. And so in slowing down my work and my thoughts, that's how I've been able to get the depth and some of the feedback I've been getting from people who are joined Amazon's program and joined my program because they're getting more value or the people who've went to business school or so on and so forth. And it's because I'm like, I think a lot of people are just skipping over the why these decisions make sense and the thought process behind it with the various perspectives. And so um, that's what I've been so surprised at, like eight and nine figure brands. I'm helping them with some stuff and I've never built a nine figure brand yet, but I'm helping them with stuff that I figured out along my journey. And it's because of those great experiences that I've had. So I'm like, I'm now leaning into that more. Have you heard of the four stages of competence? I feel like I have. So what? Uh, bring me up to date with it. Give me the refresher. Yeah. So like it's when it comes to learning anything, they say there's like these four stages of uh, competence. The first stage is unconscious incompetence. You don't know what you don't what know. What you don't know. You know, and, and it's just ignorance basically, you know, and then, you know, step two is conscious incompetence. You now know that you don't know. <laughs> like, and then from there, uh, learning can really begin, you know, because you're not in denial or ignorance. And then step three is conscious competence. It's like, oh, you can do the thing, but you have to think about it for it to be good. You got to put in a lot of effort and like, you know, and mm. then the fourth step is unconscious competence. That's know, where so, I am with a lot of this stuff. And a lot of the experts that I work with, regardless of fields, whether they, they have like just like 10, 20 years of in the field, like experience or a PhD or a mixture of both or whatever the case may be, usually get to that stage of unconscious competence. And then it's like, huh, but the people that want to learn from you aren't there. And you then have to like make the unconscious conscious again to, for them to even be able to uh, interact with it because they might be either at the unconscious, well, conscious incompetence stage, stage two or stage three conscious. And it's like for them to get to the next level, you now need to go back into your own mind to be able to uncover those pieces. You know, and so like what you said just like before this, like it it captured it perfectly, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I thought I thought about that. I learned about that while at the tech startup. This that same book, Thinking Fast and Slow, by Daniel Kahneman. He won a Nobel Prize just on thinking, like you know, um, cognitive biases and just understanding how the brain works. And I learned like your brain is optimized to not have to think right it's trying to optimize it's trying to it's trying to operate at that fourth level at all times but then a lot of learning gets overlooked because you don't even really know how you're coming to these conclusions and the other thing which is really cool which i loved about you when we work together is you have actual in the field experience and so when i was running and when i was trying to raise money to buy businesses i didn't understand how some of these decisions were perceived from the operator perspective. Mm. And then when I, when I was raising money to uh, for my tech startup to help uh, businesses get access to capital, it was so obvious to us, but in the hands of the operator, what we were saying made no sense. 
And so now in an as I operated my business, some of the things that didn't make sense to me made sense from this perspective. So now I think as a coaching consultant, I'm working with the people who were where I was a few years ago, and I understand why they don't get it yet. And so having that perspective, and now that I'm forcing myself to think slow, it's been really helpful to the people and the clients we support. That's, that's awesome. I love it. And I also am curious to hear, like, what were some of the key learnings that you had after launching Exit Blueprint? Because I know there's also been some evolutions of the model based on feedback, you know, from everyone that has gone through the program uh, as well. Yes. And so the the real big thing is understanding that we saw our business past revenue and a lot of other founders could not see it there yet. And so uh, that's one. Um, and the other thing is that we were kind of, we had evolved kind of the same, we've evolved through thinking and reached this point. And we were selling this final destination of exit your business, right? Let us prepare your business to increase in value and to be attractive to an investor or a buyer. But people couldn't even get past the day-to-day -to, -day to think that far. And so we ended up creating, uh, uh, re remixing our program and adding, uh, based on like the first dozen people we supported and just creating what we call it scale and blueprint, just like the process of actually enjoying the business you have now, mm. not thinking about what you're going to do two to three years from now. Also, we still do support founders who are interested in selling, uh, but the big bulk of where we've been finding a lot of um, our support with is just helping e-commerce founders fix cash flow. They don't even know what that is, but they have symptoms of it. They don't have money to pay their bills. They're growing, but it doesn't feel like it. All these things are symptoms of a fundamental problem that we kind of uncovered and fixed ourselves, which is our new era way of thinking. And so we're showing them how to do that. They're finally starting because of the stress that is removing from them there. The best compliment we've gotten is, man, you've really saved our marriage. Um, wow. We we had so much tension around money and around why I'm always mm -hmm. not present and our kids drawing our family picture and mommy's on the computer and everyone. Mm -hmm. So family members asking why I'm never around for these things and like all the tension that comes with the sacrifices of being a business owner. So I think the biggest aha is we are now supporting people to see a world where revenue and growth is not the end goal but it's having a business that supports an enjoyable life, which obviously is very lucrative, very profitable. And now with this new way of thinking about running a business is also very lean and less time mm. consuming. So you can actually use your business to serve you in a life you want versus your business kind of being the lead in how you run your life and your happiness and your availability and your time and all that stuff. So it's been pretty cool. I really love that because a lot of the people who are listening to this, um, if they're not going to go down the productizing their expertise in the form of a higher ticket online course, mastermind workshop program, or whatever scalable one-to-many model, um, even if they decide to keep the model as like one-to-one -one, uh, delivery, ultimately that outcome you just described is what a lot of people want it's freedom and flexibility and to have a more impactful life a higher quality of life usually with the people that they care about you know and so i love hearing that impact story um because i know we're both very impact driven and 
then the money becomes a measure of how much good you're actually doing in the world. You know, that's don't get me wrong. Still be filthy freaking rich, but <laughs> do it, do it in a way where it doesn't suck along the way. Right. Like, yeah, we, we've sacrificed too much to also sacrifice how much we enjoy each day. Right. We're not, mm -hmm. we're, we have more than that. And so like for us selling our business got us to that goal. Um, but mm -hmm. the reality is we developed that business lifestyle in preparing our business for sales. So even if you don't want to sell that, even if you don't want to sell your asset or you still want to be one-on-one, -on -one, you can still have that balance of making more money than you need um, to support your needs and to do anything you want, but still loving the business that you're building and not being a prisoner to this thing, right? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. What has been the most surprising thing uh, for you? Because I, I, I have some visibility into you know your programs and uh, courses and everything. Um, you used to have a more entry level uh, course slash program. Are you still offering that? No longer offering it, and why? Good question. <laughs> So I'll say um, the kind of business reason and also my internal reason. So business reason, just looking at market opportunity, there's a ton of decent and even good resources that are going after people who are getting started, like the biz out market. Um, so there's just a lot. So that just seemed more of like a red ocean to me. Um, and then a lot, a big part of that was really mindset work, like believing in themselves. And it was a lot of mindset, less tactics. Um, I felt that as I was building my business past six into seven, there were less resources for people who understood the struggles that I went through at that level, like the hundred grand Amex charges, right? The six figure purchase orders and that these decisions of like any any amount of time you can have two three hundred thousand dollars in debt just to like manage the business. How do you sleep at night? Like I didn't have a lot of people in a space to really share that with mm -hmm. in my industry. So when I had an opportunity, we sold our business. When I had an opportunity to like sit back and like not just be in hustle mode and like really be intentional about what we wanted to do next and who we wanted to be meaningful to, or like you know I wanted to serve that version of us because that was the most stressful actually getting started was easier than maintaining or once you got some traction actually like the tangible things in your business you needed to fix to avoid bankruptcy right I felt like we're almost on a near-death decision every other month and so I thought that was more underserved um, that's the business decision the internal decision is what I just said like I enjoy talking about this more than getting started I enjoy solving real problems right like we were a we've been able the people especially in our one-on-one -on -one, we've been able to literally like save people's businesses like mm. yo this saved my marriage like yo this has improved our relationship like i could finally like breathe again i finally believe in my business these are the things people are saying like we've doubled profit tripled revenue like people are working from 15 hours to two hours now while the business doubles people are you know, finally turning their business around for the first time in the history of the business, finding a profit. Like these are real interesting problems to solve versus like, oh, trying to get to a first five or 10K. There's a million people who are equipped to do that. Very few people who have my skill sets and my wife's skill sets to help 
turn around a seven-figure business or a turn around a six-figure business. And so that's a better use of our time and it's more exciting. I love that. And I can hear somebody who's listening in who might be in a similar position, even in a potentially different niche, asking themselves like, okay, cool. If I'm going through that right now, like what are some ways that I might be looking at the problem wrong? Because you know, you can't write a right prescription from the wrong diagnosis, you know? And so it's like starting with the diagnosis, like, you know, what, what do you see in your experience that most people just, just aren't understanding about how to make that turnaround happen? I think I was fortunate that I wasn't rushed for money. This is one of the times where I was starting a business where I didn't really have a desire to hit the ground running. It sounds bad. I always want to have success, but I was just in a better place having, you know, just had that liquidity event. And so I really had time to just sit in it and do the research, talk to people. And more so um, when we started working back after you, we had a high end exit program and then the entry level program. We've gotten rid of that and just we're starting working with people who are now at minimum of six figures on to seven. And I, I just I was just more excited about that work. Right. And instead of instead of um it was like a better use of my time because i would spend the same hour conversation with trying to help someone get to like you know like a find product market fit versus having an hour with someone fixing their gross margin problem or fixing their supply chain and this would this would um get fixed and it would be like you know a two thousand dollars worth of joy added into the world or benefit mm. value this would get fixed and it would be like a 200K increase, increase in value into the world. So I'm like, all right, this is, this is more rewarding. Mm. And not only is it more rewarding, but this person doesn't have multiple places to go for help. And this, I can find five or six people to send. So what I decided to do is just give this entry-level content away for free on my YouTube and my newsletter and my social, because I still find that there's you know good in the world by just giving. But where I focus my like brain power is over here with building and exiting a business because there are not a lot of people with the experience to kind of successfully help people navigate those waters. By the way, for anybody that's listening in, kind of, you know, free content he's giving away. I'm literally looking at a subject line right now that says the formula that made me 500K. Uh, let's talk about that. <laughs> So that is the next thing. The free content is really like paid content that I'm literally giving away. Multiple people have reached out and said, "Hey, man, I took I, I took your boot camp and I'm, um, I'm I launched my brand from the boot camp and I'm now at 30k a month. That's 360 grand for the year, right?" Um, another person said, "Hey, I, I looked at some of your stuff on Instagram around uh, shipping pricing and I make I've made an extra couple hundred grand from that." So this is like real info. This isn't like play, play, little entry level stuff. I'm just giving away what people would have paid for me for free. And so this um, copyright uh, deal is a um, a pre-sale page that I used when I was running paid traffic that at a minimum made me half a mil. Um, that was where I was spending at least a thousand to fifteen hundred dollars a day every single day for like a year and a half um, at minimum. And that thing did numbers. Hmm. What if you 
could give someone a super high level um, of just even what is contained in that. Like, what what do they need to know? Yeah, so I'll give um, specifics around. Uh, we sold grooming pair, grooming products to men of color, uh, men of color with beards. And so that just takes around a hero's journey story of someone named Tyrone, who is a fictitious character based on a, the, the majority of our reviews, who had a problem, had ugly beard syndrome, um, which is a name we coined because our biggest problem was we needed men to use the product long enough to see the result but they weren't used to using beard care products. So they would stop, but they were used to growing their hair out. And so they call that ugly phase syndrome. So we just kind of connected the dot. It's kind of like, kind of loop, like Russell Brunson says. Um, and then we told the hero's journey story about how they've been trying products, nothing worked, patchy beard, wasn't accepted, girls turned them down, found this product, thousands of reviews, tried it, it worked, has a great guarantee. And boom, here's a one-time offer with a ton of social proof. So we really just added, agitated the problem and got in their minds. So they knew like, hey, this, this, whoever this company is understands where I'm at in life. And I'm going through these very same issues. And we just dug into it and just kept agitating them with how it impacted mm. their confidence and then created a solution. Um, so it was, it was a pretty simple copywriting framework, but once again, it's not A to B, it's like A to Z. And so that newsletter, I just kind of broke down the five steps that I used to write the newsletter or to write the pre-sale. Talking a little bit more about um, acquisition, it was a little bit of a jump. How did people originally get into the exit blueprint? Uh, and how, what strategies are you using now that you're finding that's working really well for continuing to grow your courses and programs? So it's weird. I'm a, I'm historically a paid guy, but I haven't done much of any paid, um, largely because I was trying to find the space. I didn't want to scale something I didn't enjoy, but I think I'm at the space where I'm comfortable scaling this current offer um, in the segment we serve, but largely just been content marketing, just the idea of, I've been like a behind the scenes kind of hidden thought leader. Um, those who are in this space kind of knew who I was, but not widely public. And so I've just been sharing my best stuff out there. And uh, just like in that pre-sale, people have been finding me and saying, man, I feel like you're speaking directly to me every single time I watch your videos. And so it's just been giving value and um, shifting to um, a strategy session, like a call, a call funnel. I've uh, now drafted a VSL and the acquisition strategy now is going to be having kind of content buckets of videos running at top of funnel ah. um, just to create with no hard sell, just to create awareness and then re retargeting those viewers or those engagers with more direct call to action, more tangible next steps. So it's just about giving people an opportunity to join my world versus like, barking at everyone to come work with me and then letting people who resonate with the things I'm talking about have an opportunity to see what it's like to work together. Mm, that's cool. And if you had to give us a range of just, you know, how many people you've been able to help so far through, you know, including your workshops, because I know that the, like, I think you've done like also like half day workshops um, as well. 
um, to um, before people join, like with a longer commitment. Um, he had to save a range of how many people so far. Uh, my wife was asking me this the other day. Um, before or before or after working with you? Because I've been doing it for a couple of years now. Ah, uh, after working with. Me. Okay, so that's a little tough because like Amazon's three thousand people, mm-hmm. you know that kind of thing. But I would say um, clients specifically, like one-on-one capacity in these programs, we're up over fifty now. Mm-hmm. Um, and then kind of general training workshops, that thing, probably about 5,000 people since in the last year and a half. That's awesome. Cause that is again, like serious, real impact. I've seen the testimonials that come even from just your workshops, uh, and people, people are like, actually, I think I remember one of them. Like, I think somebody was saying like they made their money back like, <laughs> before the workshop <laughs> ended. That's the stuff uh, we like it, to do. Yeah, that, that, that's incredible, man. I'm just just really excited for, again, like the impact that you're having on people's lives. What, what is one of the biggest thinking errors that the six and seven figure founders have before working with you that is secretly handicapping them? Mm, this is so good. There's so many. Um, I would think the main theme that we push is do more with less. It's like a, it's like a theme in our programs. Everybody, I can't think of one person who we've helped that we have not um, really pushed for them to just cut stuff, Hmm. less acquisition channels, focus on less products, just completely do less. And so the thing is like, they typically think to get to seven or eight, they're looking at people ahead of them and they're looking at what they've been doing in their year five or 10 um, with way more team than them. Um, they're not realizing how they're wasting their time on non-important activities because they're doing a whole bunch of stuff. And so mm-hmm. they don't understand the leverage points of you would get way more accomplished if you spent 80% of your time on this one thing and getting rid of these other three things versus spreading yourself equally around four or five things. And so the idea of scale is like, Scale is actually doing more or less things more efficiently, better and better versus doing additional things. And so I think that's the biggest error where the entrepreneurs I work with who are already at seven, they're hella focused. They have like time in their day every single day to work on that one most important thing. And they're focusing on going deep versus wide. That is solid. What? Let's say they... Let's say you point it out to them, right? Um, do you you see resistance to oh, changing? 100%. Are they open to? Okay, no, no, no. And so, um, I'll, I'll I won't say her name, but uh, we 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 worked with this founder, and they had I have everyone run an analysis of what are your top sellers by revenue, um, what percentage of revenue they account for. And oftentimes they guess it wrong, right? They think it's this and it's never that. And it's like, you only need a couple of hit records, four to five to build a million dollar e-commerce business. And a hit record is like Sean Paul giving the light, right? It's like the <laughs> remix, you get Drake on it, you get Beanie Man on it. You don't mm-hmm. try to fill out your album. And so once we identify what those are and we tell them to don't put any more money in, in the resources in these additional things, 
one person did not. So she spent about $90,000 um, to buy this new opportunity product. And long story short, it flopped. Like no mm -hmm. one's buying this thing. And not only does that mess her up, but now her cash is tied up so she can't buy the thing that people really want, right? It's like you're not able to put the hit record on the radio or play it at the party because you're working on like track number 17 on the CD. Mm. And so she was selling out of the main thing and that brought her revenue down because everybody wanted this, nobody wanted this. And so it wasn't until she was like sitting in it, she was like, you know what? You told me this and I did not understand at the time, but you were so right. And mm. so there's a ton of resistance uh, to it, but that's normal because it's kind of like what you were just saying. You don't know what you don't know. And so if you've always been running your business a certain way, you never learn about it until I say there's like a near death experience where mm. now what she's in, where this money is tied up and she can't produce the thing that people want. And she's like, um, she's like handcuffing herself to growth. And now she learns her lesson, but there's always resistance. Just to make sure that I'm not missing any context for somebody that's listening. And when you use the analogy of, you know, okay, you got to have a hit record like Sean Paul, you know, give me the light and stuff and having remixes of that is that, having variations of a hit product within the product line and then like doubling down on that as opposed to coming up with new products that aren't tested yet or you know that you might be emotionally attached to for like whatever reason and stuff like that correct so maybe you bundle it with something maybe you yeah. come out with an accessory to support that like i see your your mental energy your creative mental energy is to like come up with more creative ways to package this and sell more of this versus let me go try to come up with a new thing that people may or may not like. It's a Which, much better use of your time. And not only that with cash flow, but in even with our businesses, um, like marketing, right? If you have a 10K a month budget split across 10 different products, you are only going to get, let's say the numbers, $1,000 worth of ad spend to distribute each of your product. Versus mm -hmm. if you have $8,000, $9,000, $10,000 on one product, you the, of a product you are certain that if people see it, they're going to mm -hmm. gonna gravitate to it. You just have a much better time of going deeper with something that you know is a winner versus trying to diversify across a bunch of proven and unproven things. And so um, mentally, marketing-wise, cash flow-wise, it's just much better to develop, focus on four to five hit records, than mm -hmm. try to continually find things that people may or not, may not like. You, there's so many parallels between this and um, my world of digital um, uh, information products uh, and uh, advisory products, um, because I was just telling a client of mine the other day where, you know, I was just like, hey, you have your VIP day that you do for your uh, clients, like in person, you know, um, you just need one curriculum and different formats as opposed to trying to come up with all these different curricula you know and it was a light bulb moment for her i was like yeah i'm just like listen whether or not you are delegating it to the team for them to be able to execute it because she's at that point now uh, to be able to step away from it because she has like multiple you know mid five figure contracts um mm. from all of these organizations that want to work with her people want to become co-founders with her like she provides a lot of value you know but then she's re recreating the wheel from scratch every single time like she's starting one of these projects and i was like hey let's streamline the thing and 
then you have the curriculum and then you can have that curriculum fuels the group program it fuels the one-on-one client work it fuels you know small group consulting all these different mastermind whatever the case may be uh and then there's no more having to think through all these um billion different moving parts um yeah it's it's interesting for me personally to see like the parallels there um and there's even within my own business model like we have a greater product flywheel framework you know that covers like all these different areas of the business you know and it's like revenue offers audience uh and then sales and uh, many people know me as like you know sales guy copywriter that sort of thing um but i went deep on product and i've been seeing just the need for curriculum because everybody's teaching hey here's how you sell the online course but not a lot of people actually talked about okay well how do you actually create it you know um <laughs> and it's <laughs> like, a good one <laughs> yeah that, that part <laughs> it's like charge them a lot of money and then don't deliver no uh so then uh, one of the variations we saw that worked really really well um is actually a one day uh, workshop for like very very busy you know like high level consultants you know who they're doing vip days for everybody else but they've never been able to like have somebody do a vip day for like their thing which is then getting the curriculum done and they have a bias towards action and so it just like makes sense you know uh, honing in on what it is that your audience needs what they're willing to pay for and what's going to be a true value add for them 100 percent question let's say a lot of the people that you're working with they they get their time back uh what happens next do they go on to the new thing do they keep the time do they start a new business like uh, where where are they looking forward to after they hit the big target or goal um so great question that's something we're currently figuring out because we help people kind of too fast um it's like that, that video you got they're like yo my problem is fixed i was working 15 hour days and I overwhelmed within the first 30 days i'm working two hours now and i made my money back business is doubled i'm like okay what next so naturally um that 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 one person she's like already thinking about launching a new business she has too much time on her hands um so what <laughs> what we've been thinking internally is like um it's so funny people have like so much time now and they're like yeah i don't know what to do with myself they're like coming up with ideas but what we're doing is we're actually coming up with a milestone map so like we mm. believe the end goal is to sell a business or at least have a business that's sellable right and so within it, it's like cash flow. It's like acquisition on autopilot. It's like building community. So you build like the LTV of your product versus just transactional. Um, there's like having team that is capable of running the business without you. Then like systems and having meetings and then like having uh, it be transformative and like having your documents clean so an investor could look at it and invest or buy. And so there's there's like a pipeline of things in we're starting to realize now that we can support founders in these other areas. And so we're currently kind of restructuring. I think I was talking to you before the call just about the thought of like restructuring our program to instead of thinking like, how can I make this offer so great that people would feel dumb saying no to it, which is 
like our conversions are crazy because we get it now it's like what how can we create this program so that people would feel stupid like not being a part of it Mm. how can we keep serving them and so because we're like getting results too fast we're like okay what are their new needs it's like we're solving a problem before when i used to before when i used to teach people about ads they'd have ads so much and they would work so much then they could had problems with fulfillment right they couldn't Mm. keep up and then they were doing too much work that they needed team so we're creating like a whole pipeline of support um, nice. based on like milestones. That's awesome. I love that. I am curious for you, what has been personally helpful for keeping you grounded through all of these different iterations of your business models and stuff like that? Because it seems like, you know, you, you, you called it out implicitly earlier. It's like, you know, sometimes people who are in the early stages, it's, it's a lot of mindset, but it seems like you have spent time working through that. What have you found to be personally helpful for yourself? Personally helpful for mindset in yeah. this business or, or um... both in general and now in this business if you uh, i'll ask a different question if you could go back in time to the gamal who you shared 200k 300k in debt managing like the cash flow like the, 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 the you know can't sleep at night what advice would you give yourself now knowing everything that you know First of all, I always slept like a baby. That never kept me up. <laughs> I, never, I never worried about that. I slept like a baby. Um, sleep is important. <laughs> Staying up at night is never going to solve it, um, yes. usually. So great question. Um, you know, one of the things, I don't know if it's coming from the fact that I'm immigrant Jamaican parents or... Maybe it's the culture. I don't know, but failure has such a negative connotation. Um, And it wasn't until I spent some time at this tech startup for about a year and change. And the tech startup failed. It wasn't a success. It wasn't able to raise money fast enough. And I shut it down, um, ended up starting Fresh Heritage, which was great. But I learned so much from that. The best part is I I interacted with people who generated a billion dollars in company value, who uh, I was around billionaires, families were worth billions. And the thing that I learned that they really embrace what the concept of failure is. And so I think as I've been thinking about, I slept good at night because it wasn't like that stress of like, oh man, I'm failing. This is just a problem that I have to solve. Staying up isn't really worth me solving mm-hmm. the problem like consistently, right? Maybe one or two nights, but not for a week or two, certainly not a month. And as I'm pivoted in this business, I say it so freely, like, yo, this we're going in a new direction because I don't feel like I've failed the prior direction. I feel like I'm, I have a hypothesis. I test it based on the feedback. This is a much better use of this opportunity. And understanding that really like shifted for me because I kind of rid myself of the pride of like having to be concerned about what people hmm. think about what I'm doing or what will my first customers say now that I'm experimenting in this other direction? And I think just giving myself the ability to make mistakes and learn from them and move on quickly is just been so freeing. And so that's what I would tell myself, you know, a few years ago, it's like, it's okay. You're not going to, you're definitely not going to get it right. Um, but when you get it wrong, 
you're going to be learning and starting from experience, not from scratch. And so there's always a lesson in the wrong hypotheses or the wrong mm -hmm. or the failures um, that you could use to get a little bit ahead and find the next thing. Because in the tech space, I realized YouTube started off as a dating app. Facebook started off as essentially the same thing, like rating people's pictures. Pretty much everything started off in another direction. And the thing that made it the unicorn was not the original idea. It came through iterations and mm. giving yourself permission to observe the data and read the data and um, <laughs> listen to the data to come up with this thing. And so I just tell myself I'm doing the same thing. I'm hypothesizing and um, getting customer feedback and giving the customers what they need. That is such an amazing note for us to start closing up on because that is applicable to not just business, but life. It's applicable to relationships, it's applicable to health. You know, it's like it's nice. it's the journey over time, you know, and finding out what works over time and also not throwing in the towel. Um, yeah, that's incredible. I love that. Um, if someone were listening in and they're like, where can we find out more about you? Where should they go? Uh, Gamal Codner on Instagram or uh, codner.co. Codner.co uh, is our website. You can learn all about what it's like to work with us and all that stuff on either one of those sites. So those are the two best places to get some information on working together. Hmm. Awesome. And the final question I have for you is, if you could share anything with somebody that's listening in, what would you want to tell them? That's already in business. I would mm -hmm. imagine someone's already a consultant. You know, a lot of what I've been telling myself is what I teach people in e-commerce. Like a lot of the tension I see for people in my space are like they're really just focused on growing. And it's it's kind of like, what are you in service of? Like, why do you want to grow? And really get into the depth of that. Because I'm in a space now where I don't really care about revenue as much as I care about profit and cash flow and freedom and flexibility. And so I'm optimizing all of my decisions based on that North Star. Mm. And so having a North Star, which we did for the e-com brand, which was to eventually build and sell and making sure like your three-year vision of your business now, you are not making decisions because of a quick cash grab that will take you away from the end goal that you have. Because in reality, things take a lot longer to do. And so if you're not constantly um, having the perspective of like your three to five year plan, and you're just looking at it from a week to week, month to month basis, you're going to start doing things in a year from now, you're going to end up in a place that you don't like. Um, and so it's going to be hard to reverse yourself from that. So just always have a North Star, give yourself the perspective of um, freedom and um, enough money to live your wildest dreams without uh, being in fear. And that's where I am. And so that's the support and the advice I give for other people. Just give yourself that permission, uh, the permission to be able to live like that and go after what you want down the road. Hmm. Permission and go after what it is that you want down the road. Love it. It has been a pleasure. Always is. And I am looking forward to more. Thank you. Uh, I appreciate you, brother, for having me here. Appreciate you listeners for tuning in for the past few minutes. Hopefully the conversation um, was filled with some things that you can take away and reflect on. Thank you.